Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing Scream. It was released in 1996, directed by Wes Craven, starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, also Drew Barrymore. This movie tells a story of some uh, interesting shenanigans around life and, well, maybe too much death. Now, this is a fair warning for spoiling a 26-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. Uh, Bobby made this selection, so I'll let him start the discussion. Yeah, one of the really interesting things about watching a movie many years later after I originally watched it is that what I've watched in between the original watching and this current watching affects how I watch this movie. For example, this movie has had many, many sequels, many copies, and even some parodies. And so it's hard to watch the movie, like aside from all that and like watch it seriously. I mean, maybe it wasn't really designed to watch seriously from the beginning anyway, but it's just interesting how my lens gets distorted watching this and seeing parodies and copies and all these kinds of things and looking at it from a different perspective seeing like okay like i get it the whole like slasher kind of thing and the whole like even like meta talking about a movie and media and stuff like that and i just find it very interesting looking back at it well what was happening before this came out in terms of of movies of this type because i feel like this was the birth of something or at least which which started all the things that you're mentioning the copycats were there really films like this specifically like in the early 90s or did this really stand out the way it seemed to why everyone wanted to love it because it, it got a lot of a lot of money at the box office right well let's talk about some of the movies that they mentioned in this movie they mentioned halloween friday the 13th yeah but you're you're mentioning movies they're all in like the 70s i think the the whole reason why i feel like this one got as much hoopla as it did at the time was because there was such a gap because you had those 70s and 80s slasher movies and then they became full of parodies and really bad quality productions became you know it's just like after paranormal activity and blair witch came out everyone saw the cheapness and the the returns and then so you just got all these really bad slasher movies Mm -hmm. and then you got a gap of like five to ten years of nothing because they kind of gave up just like the spaghetti western back in the day and then this hit from Wes Craven, of all people, who's kind of, you know, one of the original pioneers of the new age, you know, I mean, honestly, the slasher movie. And then, boom, it was the revitalization of that genre. Was it because in the 80s, they were more like uh, uh, monster related or or the, the antagonist wasn't necessarily this this element? I, I guess my mind was thinking of uh, Freddy and or which we did get a reference to in this film or maybe Chucky. You know, killer clowns from outer space. Okay, that one doesn't count, but I don't it. <laughs> I think of like Chainsaw Massacre, which is like, I think the one that gets parodied the most, where it's kind of like the slow, lumbering, like creaky boot kind of guy, just kind of like a massive figure with his sword up in the air, like just kind of like lumbering along as like some people like stumble around trying to run away from this person. I mean, it, it, you're you're watching this, and like you said, you you have the 
element of all the other movies that came after that kind of bleed into, you know, your idea of what this movie was. So what surprised you on, on this rewatch uh, of, you know, knowing full well that you were probably thinking of 10 other movies and not this one. Well, one of the interesting things that I thought of was that I had kind of forgotten, not like the very, very ending, but kind of like the dynamic in between the two like killer guys and thinking this kind of idea is kind of interesting. And I've almost would have liked to see that, that part kind of fleshed out a little bit because like these two guys like kind of are in cahoots with each other as like the, the crazy killers. And it was interesting that there were two of them and they were like hatching up a plan together in their own system, which is like, I th- I thought that was kind of interesting and thought, Oh, like maybe there's a little bit more area to kind of explore them. Maybe there should be like five sequels. That's a lot of sequels <laughs> just to explore <laughs> them. I mean, what did we get a, uh, like a three minute window for them to tell us their motivations near the end of the film? Yeah. And uh, I mean, honestly, that's it. That's, that's the meta of it, right? They themselves kind of comment on the fact that, the reasoning was kind of weak. It wasn't necessarily a requirement. Cause I mean, uh, what was his name? Stu or whatever. Didn't mm. even really have a reason. I think it was just cause he was, you know, psychotic or a sociopath in the first place that he wanted to participate in something like that. He didn't really have a reason. Cause I mean, what was it? His, his ex-girlfriend Drew Barrymore was the first victim. Yes. I believe yeah. he, and there was kind of some reasoning, I guess, there or whatever, because there was an implication that she broke up with him. Um, but then, like, his current girlfriend ends up getting murdered by, a, I assume, knockoff Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of that, that part of it was weird. And I feel like they try to cover it up with the meta nature of it, that it wasn't necessarily a strong reason. I mean, what's his name? I don't know what, whatever his name was. Knockoff Johnny Depp was, um, <laughs> I'm going to keep calling that until I remember what his characters. Like. I, I, I know Skeet I'm was okay, the actor. I'm okay with this. It's hard not to, because you definitely see it. Like without question, you, you totally see it. Uh, Billy, Billy, is what oh, you're Billy, Billy, Billy. Um, you know, he did, I mean, there was a reason there and that that's one thing that I did think was kind of interesting about this movie was, um, and they kind of did it back in like the movies like Halloween and whatnot, but, there, there was a thing that happened um, in the past, which was the catalyst for this. And, you know, it, that wasn't like the opening scene, right? Normally in modern movies, that would probably be the thing that would kind of, you know, be your prologue, which would be the, the triggering event for everything. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't necessarily the case here. It was the triggering event for the first murder that took place, but it wasn't even the first murder that they did because you know, spoilers murdered mm-hmm. the mom a year earlier. Um, but yeah, the, I will say that there was some cleverness in how they did do that and how the backstory just did kind of evolve over time. And definitely some cleverness on how, you know, I'll for anything I might say negatively about this movie, I do think that there was um, set off and payoff, um, mm-hmm. set up and payoff in this mm-hmm. movie as far as like maybe the plot a little bit, but the murders, you know, you would see things like uh, mm. Drew Barrymore hanging out and playing with the knife that, she, you know, that she, not that knife she'd get killed, with, but the fact she would get killed by a knife. Um, and that happened a couple of times throughout where like you kind of see the mm. thing that would be what would inevitably kill them or whatever, you know, passing by, playing with whatever. 
Well, I guess I do want to ask about that cleverness because it's all, it's all about the throwback, right? So if you remember the first time you saw it, were you surprised by the multiple killer thing or did you figure that out pretty early way back when? Me personally, I, I, they didn't do a very good job covering it up. I think they did try to throw the, the shadow of doubt in there. I honestly would have loved if they would have had um, a little bit more suspicious suspicion thrown on Randy. Cause I feel like that probably would have been mm-hmm. a really good. And even he admitted like he'd probably be the most likely suspect for his love of horror, but Billy and Stu, honestly, like I figured it was going to be one of them. And then halfway through, I kind of figured that it was going to be both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they tried to do that, the, uh, the throw off. Yeah, I feel like the, the throw off worked on me way back in the day. Really? I was just like, Oh, I guess not. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh damn this thing. Totally makes sense. And, you know, I can see how it would work, to be honest. I mean, it was a, you know, a, a good attempt to throw people off the scent. Though, I remember when I watched it, because I didn't see this in theaters. I think I watched this on VHS after renting it from a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it's the telegraphness, the fact that you don't actually, out of every murder, you, you see the stabs for the most part. But that was only one you didn't see the stab. And so I think that was like, oh, yeah, that's mm, a good point. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Blockbuster and, and Bobby, I could ask you about this. This is something that stuck out to me. And we, we've been watching a lot of older movies here. And so many times they, they tend to stand up on their own. This thing feels like a utter time capsule. Like oh. it just screams the the 90s in a way that I don't I don't even know how you could show this to someone today and be like, what is all this old tech that they're using? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, people that are very, very young. I mean, I'm sure like. You know, video stores have reached the lexicon. You know, there's a documentary right now about the last remaining blockbuster and there's pop-up video stores from time to time. So I think what's interesting about these kinds of things is that with Stranger Things and how like all these 80s nostalgia stuff, like the the video store has become like, ooh, like it's like a, ooh, look at how quaint and old this is and how neat it is to look and see this kind of thing again. But it's interesting how such a relic it is. And it is very much a time capsule of the movie. I mean, I like how you mentioned like the 90s grunge outfit with like the flannel <laughs> yeah. jacket uh-huh. and the and the the jean jacket and the jeans and the super bright neon green Gale Weathers jacket in the beginning. And so yeah, I mean, like it it is like a I mean, movies are are, are 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 very much a reflection of the time that they were made in, which is you know very interesting for period piece type of movies, which are a reflection of the time they were made and trying to be the time that they were they're portraying. Like, that's not really relevant for this movie, but I do find that it's very, it's it's very interesting just to look at it and be like, okay, '90s here, and obviously like watching this movie back at the time, like none of that stuff registers but now it's like oh the tvs the phones and and you know speaking of the phones i know that the phone is a major part of this movie but it's Mm -hmm. very interesting to have a major plot point deal with technology where basically you can hang up the phone or the reception doesn't work or any number of things to rely on the technology to work is very interesting well you meant like they were cutting the landline at some point yeah, like, can she just, like, hang up, you know, and then, or be like, I can't hear you, 
or anything yeah, like that. that can... One of those things where, you know, I look at all the tech of the movie. I got to shout out all the desktop PCs that were like the monitor sits on top of the computer. Yeah, that, that that's definitely throwing it way back when. But you, you talk about how these phones work and it was back in a time where like you would get a call and you couldn't tell who was calling. So you just pick up the phone and say hello. Like, what else would you do? They they even, you know, they barely reference at some point. It sounded like someone did have an answering machine, but maybe not everyone. I mean, what a different different time. But, you know, I feel like at the time this movie came out, you look back on movies that were older. Let's say they were they were 26, older, 26 years older from then. I feel like the gap wasn't as big. And this is me, in a way, almost lamenting how much tech has advanced over the last 26 years that this whole scenario would play out totally different if they try to recreate this film oh i got this a uh, spam call on my cell phone i'm just it's it's going into the junk <laughs> i'm not picking it up yeah i feel like there's been movies that are kind of like that like there's been movies that take place entirely on a desktop with like ims and video calls and all that i think matt you had mentioned that it, it wouldn't take much to just completely kill the logic of this movie like or kill the progression of it i should say you know, a gun and maybe a couple other things and movie over very quickly. I will say, Matt, I feel like you would represent the the horror expert here. How do you feel about the three rules that were that were laid out? Do you do you think they're still justified? Do you think they're the core or is there more that they were missing? And and those rules were no no having sex in a horror film, no drinking or drugs, because it's a sin, and never say, I'll be right back. I do think that it's funny because I remember this was probably the first time after watching this movie, I'd really thought about that. And ever since then, if nothing else, if I've taken nothing else from this movie after watching it the first time, it was those rules because anytime I watched a horror movie, whether it took place before this movie or has come after, um, I think about that whenever I see, you know, any of those movies. Now, obviously it's not a hard and fast rule set. There's movies that have, um, you know, dodged around it or uh, hasn't really been applicable to it. Um, I do like bridge those rules in connection with watching Cabin in the Woods um, and the idea that, uh, and not to talk about another movie in this, but um, the idea I mean, that Kevin in the woods is something worth talking about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it, it's another, it's another meta commentary. And I mean, ultimately that's what this movie is, is a meta commentary and slash a mm-hmm. love letter to slasher movies. And it's the idea that, you know, um, in order to, uh, you know, be punished, you have to transgress, right? That was the whole reason why they set everything up. And obviously in that instance, it was a controlled environment. They were trying to trigger those things and, you know, they couldn't, completely make them do everything they wanted or else it wouldn't have actually worked. But that with this kind of makes you look at those ultimately, you know, these movies are about youth. It's very rare that you see a slasher movie about middle-aged people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they might be middle-aged actors, but they're playing teenagers. Yeah. Let's not point out how old everyone was. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, it's about the idea of youth and how those roles play into it. Um, I think even in Kevin was, they tried to explain why, and even in this one, why the virgin, you know, is the one that typically survives. It's because she's not concerned with, you know, uh, you know, sex or the party scenes. Usually they're more of the prude. Right. Um, and this one plays right into that. The Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, archetype that was created, which 
strangely enough, didn't exist. And if I think of Friday the 13th, the first one, I don't know if there was really that prude character in that. Um, mm. But I think after Halloween, it did become somewhat of a trope in these kind of movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about the roles and then see these movies and see how it plays. It, it's almost the three-act structure in a way. You know, if you're writing a horror movie, it's almost like, you know, the rules you need to have on your wall. You might not necessarily always follow them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the, you know, 180 rule or whatever. Like, you know, you don't break that. Um, but it's something that maybe you keep in your back of your mind as you're writing these kind of stories. And then maybe you might, you know, pull like a Ryan Johnson or something. And you just subvert expectations. It's like, oh, you know, it, you know, it <laughs> didn't matter if you say I'm going to be back, you know? So, Yeah. Um, are you good with, and, and Bobby, you can, you can answer this one. They made a lot of movies from, from this. It looks like we got up to screen five in what, 2022. Oh yeah. There's, there's one that's going to exist here soon. Um, do you find that there was an overload or are you good with the sequels or may, maybe here's the better question because it did spawn so many things that came after that tried to uh, emulate or copy this style. Did you have a movie that came after that you actually liked? That, that was spawned from this kind of piggybacking off of what Matt said in terms of the structure. I mean, there's just so much space there for story and for more stuff, right. To come out of that, you know, like, I mean, these aren't really rules, but I mean, this movie was really clever about how she said, it's always about some stupid bimbo who runs upstairs when she should be running outside, you know, and then she runs outside and then, it was pretty funny how at the end they, or at, at one point of it, they, you know, look behind you, look behind you, you know, which is another one of the like classic horror kind of things. And, and so I, I do think that with the morality tales and with all the things that are kind of just inherently there in the horror and media satire kind of genre, that there is a lot of ground and that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stories that can be told and, all kinds of various variations, you know, like other, other movies where, okay, the, a group of teenagers tries to cover up a big mistake. It, it comes back to haunt them later, you know, so cabin in the woods and all these other kinds of like things that are very, very similar to scream. I think it's interesting, but I mean, these, I haven't really seen a whole lot of these. Mm. So I, I'm there was kinda, a Geico commercial. <laughs> there was a yeah, wait, wait what wasn't it a geico commercial i believe they they had one in there where it's totally the horror film thing and they're they're running away from someone and they said we should go get in the running car and then they're like no let's go hide in the shed and it's a shed full of like shears oh yeah and it's just like this is perfect like, shouldn't we awesome. get in the car and they look at her like she's crazy <clears throat> You know, so I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of space in there for story, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know, well, like. So I, I have a question though, piggybacking off that, like, uh, one, have you watched the sequels? And two, like, did they really? Because I mean, I feel like uh, this this format of a movie being this meta, I don't I don't know if you could really make sequels off of this. Like, I know they did, but <laughs> yes, they like did. <laughs> they they you know. It, no, they, it, it's, it's such a gimmick that I don't know if you can really continue it. No, they just, like totally doubled down on the meta. One of the sequels was them making a movie about everything. It was basically like making a movie of 
what happened in this movie. And then there's a bunch of murders on the movie set. Like what they call it, stab or something like that was the was the movie. Oh yes, yes, stab, yes. But and, but Wes yes. Craven did that before because didn't he do that for um, New Nightmare? The whole premise of it was that the the original Nancy, I think, was the character's name, was like married to a director or special effects guy, who they were making a movie based off Freddy Krueger. Like it's you're right. They I guess he really liked that meta. He was just like, okay, well, what what else are we gonna make a slasher movie about? Let's make a slasher movie about the idea of a slasher movie. I feel like there is a line that can be crossed and maybe a movie about a movie crosses it for me because I like to have that suspension of disbelief where I can actually look at it and think, okay, I I could believe that this is, you know, this is a story that I could see is happening and I can go along with it. But like, as soon as it gets into like, I'm making a movie about a movie, it just, in, in my mind, like makes me realize that I'm watching a movie too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, when I, when I was watching it, it made me think that this is on a, on the opposite end of the spectrum for me, um, comparatively to zombie movies. Cause it's always frustrating me that zombie movies seem to always take place in universes that do not have zombie movies. It's mm. very, it's very rare that somebody sees a walking dead and they're like zombie it's very rare, <laughs> very very rare. They're usually they. Why they did you walk, point this walk, out? Walkers, so right whatever. Now. Yep. You know, but then this one's on the complete opposite end, where they exist in a universe where they have all the slasher movies. Like I kind of wonder, like, would this movie, like, would this movie have been as unique had it not been because of that? I wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, does this movie ride on the coattails of that commentary and that, you know? And I think I said it during the thing or whatever is like. Not the best idea to have a better movie inside your movie, you know. Don't show Halloween and make now I want to go watch Halloween. Yeah, uh, you've you've definitely ruined any uh, sense of real zombie life happening uh, because we actually know what to expect. <laughs> we've written it. We've written it into our stories. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I look back at the time and seeing the follow up. Uh, I know what you did last summer. And definitely 100% spawned from the creation of this film. And I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, this is so much better than Scream. It's funny how we go back and watch movies and realize <laughs> things don't hold up the way they do. Uh, Scream, Scream is definitely the better film. I will throw that out there um, immediately. You know, since they're, since they're doing a remake right now, and I think I just read it looks like they want to do another one. Is, is this the right time? For a re- well, is the the new one's not a remake? It seems like it's a sequel. I, okay, sequel. Should this still be going? <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, this movie when it was released, I think it was cost like fourteen million, made like two hundred or oh, something. Yeah. So, as long as there's kaching and in dollar signs, right? There's there's all the reason in the world for Hollywood to make it. But I don't there's know. A TV show too, wasn't there? Was there? Oh man. Actually, I think I did see that when I was perusing IMDb. That is a was a lot of content based around you know the slasher. Um, we'll get into you know because we always have to talk a little bit about it. Bobby, give us a little tech breakdown. What'd you see? What'd you like? What'd you hate? Because I'll just tell you the audio, mm, not too great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, we have our our beloved Dutch angles, of course. We have the jump scares. From a technical standpoint, horror and those kind of things are, are, are very, very difficult to nail the tone. 
And I think they did a very, very good job. And so I think that, you know, obviously like Wes Craven and his crew and his people are, they're very talented and, and they know what they're doing. Cause I, I think that the way that it's done, it, it can be done bad very, very easily. And I think they, they did well in terms of like the technical side of things. I mean, we could talk about the soundtrack for, could we? A long do, we time. Do, do we have to? Do we? <laughs> I think the main thing that got me is there's a lot of, it felt like sound inserts that just were out of place and, and it just felt like the mix. There was the music was so loud, and you could barely hear what the actors were saying. I'm like, I don't. Is this us or is this the movie? It did feel. It almost felt like, um, like generic. Like they they pulled the the OST out of like some sort of like library. I would be shocked if there was legit somebody in front of an orchestra making this oh, yeah, soundtrack. I'd be surprised. That probably helps to reduce the cost of making a film if you're pulling it out of some sound library. It it hurts, but it reminded me of some of the scary movies we've made in the past. Yeah, like pulling point. pulling yeah. out those royalty free soundtracks. Like oh, oh I, that I think that's like it. I yeah, think yeah, that I tends to, to I think that tends to happen though. Like I'm I'm not sure what mix this is, but I, I think that happens in mix downs from time to time when you're mm-hmm. going from a like a six one or seven one or whatever down to a down to a stereo. I think that 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 kind of thing can happen from time to time. But it so maybe yeah. Well, but, well, here I'll I'll ask what I always ask. We'll, we'll go to we'll go to Matt first. You know, are you, are you recommending this film? Is there stuff that stood out to you to tell someone to watch it today, or is it just you know, hey, it's a horror film? Maybe watch one of the things that came after. No, I I don't think that I'd recommend it for people who have seen it in the past, or for someone who's younger and you know wasn't around when the initial one came out. Like maybe I the only people I'd probably suggest this for is somebody who wants to watch the the new one coming out. It, mm. it feels like you might need to watch it for that if it is a sequel, at least to the first one. But beyond that, like I don't, I wouldn't recommend it. Though I will say, as a little tidbit of trivia that I found out while we were watching it, uh, the guy who plays the voice of Ghostface, uh, Roger Jackson, he does the voice for Mojo Jojo and Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> and like I like his, he has such a good voice, and it sounds nothing like the two people who were supposed to be him. So the you know it, that part of it was nice, but I say skip, skip it. <laughs> Bobby, how are you feeling about Scream? It was pretty clever, you know. I really liked the not quite meta nature of it, but I I did like the way that it was able to kind of like make fun of itself, and from a historical aspect, in terms of like just like the timeline of these kinds of films, I think it's an interesting case study. So maybe if you're an aspiring film buff who wants to have all sorts of corners of cinema covered, then go for it. Otherwise, there's better movies in this movie that you could could watch. (laughs) I definitely feel like from the nostalgia standpoint, it's um, it it, it hit me in the right in the right places. I don't say the right parts, but the right places that, uh, that it, it just reminded me of a lot of things from way back when, but I, I feel like watching some of the better derivatives watching cabin in the woods, which is, it sounds like something that we should probably do, um, would, uh, would be, uh, much more beneficial and entertaining to kind of 
watch something that really does execute a throwback to everything that came before it. Um, so, yeah, you can watch it, but maybe if you're of a certain age and you actually lived in that era, so you know what a blockbuster is, that go that I feel like that would go a long way to to enjoying this particular film. So, as always, we thank you so much for listening. Hello. What's your favorite scary movie?